This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 15th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, my guest this week was supposed to be Inspire Brands Joe Seavey, and that interview is still forthcoming. But some breaking news this week has jumped ahead of it in our rotation. After co-founding WingZone some 28 or 29 years ago, my friend and one-time partner, Matt Friedman, took his exit from that brand that he and Adam Scott gave birth to while both were still students at the University of Florida back in the 90s. Well, if the news of the sale was not enough, Matt has announced another piece of breaking news in the past few days about the next chapter in his life. When we come back from a very short break, he'll be right here and we'll talk about all of that and more. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with nearly 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with nearly 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Jive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you. Instead of watching the clock and their wait times. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text franchise to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. You know, you hear me talk a lot about the National Buffalo Wing Festival, how I chair the Buffalo Wing Hall of Flame, and have had the privilege of inducting luminaries such as the founders of Buffalo Wild Wings, Wing Stop, and yes, Adam Scott and Matt Friedman into the Hall of Flame through the years. Hell, I've even bestowed those honors on Bill Murray, who actually inspired the creation of the festival for his eclectic role in the movie Osmosis Jones. And then this year, the honor of all honors, having the Wing King himself drew 
Usurza bestow those same honors upon me, well, all I can say is that this has become a very large part of my life, and it's only been possible because I met Matt Friedman at a Franchise Update media conference back in 2002. Within a year, we became partners, and that began four or five of my very best, if not definitely, the most fun years I've ever had as a franchisor, and I owe all of that to Matt. Matt Friedman, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you very much. Thrilled to be here. My good old friend and former partner, Stan Friedman. Great times, Matt, are upon us both and exciting times, actually. And we're going to get to the story of what is now the breaking news of the second act of your life with a new position as CEO of Franchise Founders. But we can't get to there without going where we always go first. And that's a look back at how franchising found you, when that was, and what brought us to where we are today and what we'll be talking about in the second portion of our interview. So for now, roll it back for the audience, Matt, and how did it all begin? Well, it began back in 1993 in Gainesville, Florida. I was a student at the University of Florida, and I had a passion for buffalo wings. I also had a passion for business, and so I came up with a very simple business plan. We would offer delivery, a variety of different wing flavors, hit those college students for their fourth and final meal of the evening, and we really looked at a similar model to a Domino's pizza, except our focus was wings. With only a $500 investment, we launched this in our fraternity house. Probably not the most legal business, but I think our time has passed where no one's coming after me. And we started with a very simple business model, grew it from one location in 1993 to six locations by the year 2000. And then like so many successful businesses, we ventured into franchising in 2000. And how did you go about that? What did you know about franchising that made you think that that was something that you were going to be able to scale and grow your business doing? Where was your prior experience or thought processes or what brought franchising into the forefront of your mind? Well, I think to be honest to the listeners, my knowledge base about franchising was almost non-existent. I was smart enough to be able to study successful franchise concepts. And I looked at things that I thought that others had done. Was this duplicatable in different markets? Was the business profitable? Could we teach this to others in a short amount of time? And ultimately, was there a demand both on the consumer side and the franchising side? Like so many other young franchise companies or successful companies that venture into franchising, we found a consulting group that really helped us with all the basics of starting a franchise, an operations manual, an FDD, a marketing plan. And so we ventured into that really not knowing much, but genuinely having a passion for starting a new business. The one thing that so many people need to realize is that if you have a successful business, brick and mortar, franchising is a completely different business. It's almost like starting a brand new company, a brand new venture. And we learned that firsthand when we launched in 2000. Excellent and cogent point. So I say this week after week that operating your business and scaling your business are two full-time jobs. They're very, very different and they take completely different skill sets. So we can't say that enough, can we? It's so true. You know, and truthfully, we struggled in running two companies. We had these six company-owned restaurants that were taking a lot of our time. Then we launched a franchise company with very limited capital, almost no people other than my partner and myself on that side. And so we quickly realized that we've got to go either A or B because we had 
a limited amount of capital, we couldn't really build two infrastructures. And so our focus really turned to franchising. We ended up selling off a few of our company-owned stores and dedicated ourselves fully to supporting franchisees, attracting franchisees. I think it's important to understand that we started from extremely humble beginnings. When we launched our franchise program, my partner and myself were the ones that explained the business to them. We took them through the sales process, even if there was a sales process back then. And we were the ones that helped them with their real estate. We trained them. We came to their opening. I love that we did that because we were so involved in the success of the initial franchisees. That too is good stuff. But you know, you talked about the consultants and so many of the consultants that are out there in today's world will help you do the things that you articulated, get your FDD together, get your ops manual together, get the tools and everything required to be a legal franchise. But metaphorically speaking, they would do the equivalent of somebody building you a vehicle, but nobody teaches you how to drive it. So how did you get to that place where you knew what to do with the things that you now had? I mean, the company we worked with did a great job. I mean, they did everything that we asked them to do. The challenge for us is when the project was complete and they pushed all this group of so-called documents across the table to us, we didn't know what to do. Right. I mean, we had zero franchise experience. No one on our team had franchise experience. And so it was truly trial and error. And I can't, I probably made more mistakes than successes early in our franchising. And it was truly learn as you go. I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, getting involved with some organizations like IFA and some local franchise groups based in Atlanta was very helpful to kind of tap into some experience, but these were just people in the business. They weren't our employees, our team members. It was it was a heavy lift. And and as I look back, it would have been amazing to initially bring on some experience or someone that had kind of been down the road before because we were two young entrepreneurs with a passion for our brand, a passion for building it, but really with no experience or track record. So let's fast forward the tape to the next milestone. Tell us what came next. How fast do you want to go? Do you want to go zero to 60 or you want to hear a little <laughs> bit of the uh, the, the path? You can, you can give us the path and okay. we'll, we'll see how we do it getting up to 60. Sure. So I think for us, we started with very reasonable goals. And I think so many young franchise companies want to get to 50 units in their first year or two. And for us, it was very methodical approach. I think our first year, we sold two franchises, opened one. The next year, we probably doubled that level. And I think for us, it was building kind of that momentum, understanding that your validation of your current franchisees is is imperative. Can you successfully produce an item 19 earnings claim. And really it was, how do you build those long lasting relationships with your initial group of franchise owners? I'd be remiss to say that Stan and I worked together at WingZone for a number of years and bringing him on board was really helpful for us to get our systems in place and really understanding how to build a robust franchise. We had a great run from 2000 to 2010, where we sold over 100 locations. We opened over 60. The financial crisis in 2008, 2009 allowed us to kind of focus a little bit in a different direction. And although some people would question why we would go this route, we ended up 
launching our international program. And that ended up being a very smart strategic business decision. Once again, new territory, new challenges, but that ended up being just a phenomenal opportunity where we opened in over a dozen countries and brought Wing Zone from not only a domestic franchise brand, but to a global franchise brand. And I think too, it's something worth sharing with the audience that even though at the years and time that I spent with you as your partner, Wingzone was a tiny little company as compared to a monster like Buffalo Wild Wings who just gone public and put the wind at our back in a large part, didn't it? We were able to capitalize on all the attention that their public offering brought to the wing segment. And they were in so many markets completely sold out and committed already which gave us nothing but room and opportunity to grow in the halo of what they had done bringing the profile of wings to such a high level. Timing was pretty important, wasn't it? It really was. And I think so many times, so many brands are like, we got to be number one. We got to be number one. You know, sometimes you have to know kind of where you fit in the category. And, you know, for us, we were focused on being in the takeout delivery business, no different than Domino's Pizza, but in a different kind of food category. And we had to do some explaining to do like, listen, we're not Buffalo. Buffalo Wild Wings. We're not a sports bar. We're something different. But it did kind of put wings in the viable category of franchising. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at companies like Buffalo Wild Wings and Wingstop, listen, they brought in a tremendous amount of capital. They went private equity. They eventually went public and some of these things. And for us, we did keep it pretty lean and mean. We had kept really all of the ownership between a very small group of people. But, you know, having some national brands give credibility to the wing category really helped our growth. I mean, we used PR as strong as any, I think, brand out there. I mean, I was really the face of the company and the spokesperson, and and I thought that that was an important role to be able to explain not only our business model, but our story and really the category. National Buffalo Wing Festival played a little role in that too, didn't it? Listen, one of the one of the best events probably in the country. And for those listeners that don't know it, over 100,000 people come up to the birthplace of wings in Buffalo, New York, every Labor Day. And it's for people that absolutely have a passion for wings. Restaurant brands and companies from all over the country come there, showcase their products. And it is one big festival with a lot of wings and a lot of cold beverages and a lot of fun, but it really gave us credibility. The one thing I think that was our best experience there was the true people of Buffalo, New York, which are probably some of the nicest people I've ever run across, gave us credibility that said, man, you guys really do it right. Like you are serving authentic Buffalo wings and it's kind of like a feather in your cap or a pat on the back. For me, it was like, man, I I feel really good about what we're doing. Well, let's fast forward from there, Matt. So a crisis in 08 or 09 uh, was a tough time for everyone. Another crisis came along this past year, year and a half, but this crisis was much more kind to Wing Zone, wasn't it? I mean, it really was. I mean, truthfully, we were very fortunate in the business model that we're in. We're in the takeout delivery business, home meal replacement. And so through COVID, we were seeing sales levels that we had never experienced in over 25 years in business. Same store sales in kind of 2019 up 20 to 25%. Follow that up with a 2020 which saw the same thing. So you're seeing 40 to 50% increases over a two-year period. And truthfully, it was just the right model to be in. I think for our franchisees, it was a huge boost in sales that we were able to kind of build some momentum on. 
our communication with our franchisees, our messaging to our customers. We were very fortunate to be in the category that we're in. Now, listen, the truth is that a lot of competition came in during that time because everybody jumped into the takeout delivery business through third parties. A lot of people jumped into the wing business with ghost kitchens and stuff like that. So it made us elevate our game to say, okay, now that we have this surge of business, how do we handle it? How do we take care of our customers? How do we handle supply chain? So there were other challenges that popped up, but overall, COVID was a sales surge for WingZone. I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's take a quick break right here. When we come back, let's talk about your last act at WingZone and more importantly, what's ahead on the horizon for Matt Friedman, former CEO and always the founder of WingZone. We'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. My goal each week is to bring you information from those who have been there, done that. Well, that describes my good friend Jerry Henley and his Launch to Growth consultancy to a T. At Launch to Growth, their motto is scale to get better before you scale to get bigger, which could apply to new emerging concepts just as easily as to establish legacy brands where culture and processes have degraded over time, leaving less profitability for both the Zor and the Zs. Using proven system and soul tools and solutions, Launch to Growth teaches you how to drive unit-level success across your entire franchise organization, positively impacting both your culture and bottom line. You see, franchise or success is not just about systems. It's also about the soul of the people. Jerry's programs create a win-win franchise model, defining and aligning franchisee and Zor success so that everyone achieves their respective goals. It's franchising done right, deploying a force step process for scaling smartly, utilizing the proven system and sole software platform and methodology. Create alignment, build trust and accountability with systems and processes that actually work to scale profitability across all areas of your organization. Learn more about Jerry Henley and System and Soul at his website, launchtogrowth.com. Tell him you heard about it on Franchise Today for a no-cost, no-obligation initial consultation. Once again, Find them at launchtogrowth.com. And the conversation continues. A pair of Friedmans today on Franchise Today. I'm speaking with Matt Friedman, the co-founder of WingZone. And until, oh, I don't know, breaking news, Matt, about two weeks or so ago, I think you made a decision to make a big change in your life. But we'll come to that on the heels first of telling us about your exit from WingZone and how it was that this high watermark that you hit made sense to be the time of saying, I think I've hit it as far as I can go. But also, maybe I should sell at this juncture. How did that look? How did that conversation with your yourself come into play? You know, it's a wonderful question. And I think so many founders and owners of companies don't spend enough time on what is their exit strategy. And so I've had the same business partner for over 25 years, and we have very open conversations about the future, whether it's legacy of handing this off or bringing on new leadership or ownership. And we had conversations back in 2018, but more prevalently in 2019 about, you know, what would it look like if we exited the business. And we put down some important things that we were looking for in the right investment partner. And when it all came down, we were looking for a true partner, someone that was going to take what we created and build upon it, someone that was going to make an investment in people, 
in technology and growth. And we met with dozens of different potential buyers. And at the end of the day, we landed on one that I think could not have been a better fit. And that's Capriati Sandwich Shops based in Las Vegas, about a 150 unit chain. And to me, it was also a lot about culture. They were incredibly respectful and just so complimentary on what we built, but they had a vision for Wing Zone becoming truly a number two in the category, but a distinctly number two in category behind Wingstop. The process was everything from an initial meeting to a true breakdown of our business, some of our successes, some of our challenges, our FDD, meeting with different franchises. And for us, it was just ultimately a perfect fit. And the transition, which has gone on during 2021, has been really great. They were very open that they wanted us on board through this year to kind of help with the transition. But ultimately, we were not long-term employees of the company. Adam and I still kept an ownership piece. We're on the board of directors. But it's really time for us to move on and allow them to do something great with WingZone. And so not many entrepreneurs can tell the story of starting something from the ground up, truly humble beginnings in a frat house kitchen with $500 to a global franchise to ultimately exiting and selling it. I feel so blessed and proud of what we've done. But I think the last thing I'll say is that I'm so excited to take what I've learned over the course of the last 28 years and put it into future entrepreneurs and franchise brands, because my whole passion is truly about educating, inspiring, and leading a great group of people and a lot of people that were in my shoes 20 years ago. And so that's where we're going to go from here. And just to close out on Wing Zone, my part in your success was something that was extremely gratifying to me in my four plus years as your partner in that middle range, I guess, from around 03 to 06. And couldn't be happier for you and Adam both that you've hit the marks that you have to be able to bring that brand to the place that you've taken it and have the wisdom them to be able to let go and operate with both the right and the left side of your brain and taking your exits at a high watermark. So kudos to you and to the audience. That's just one huge lesson that every emerging franchisor would do well to learn is to not get so emotionally attached that you can't let go. I would agree. Everything's about timing. And I think that's the thing. And I think it was just the right timing for us. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have said, no, it's not the right timing. But you know, there are monumental things that happen in people's lives. I think the pandemic allowed for a lot of self-reflection as to what it's important to you, family, friends, business, relationships. And then I turned 50 years old in May. And I was like, well, what do I want to do with the next 10 or 20 years of my career? And I wasn't necessarily looking, but something fell in my lap that I thought was something that was ideal for me where I could make enormous impact. I couldn't agree with you more because I know what that is, but why don't you roll that out and explain it to the audience? Yeah, the best way I'll explain it is that Franchise Founders, which is a company based in Miami with some really talented people, especially some very successful people on the board, some people in private equity, some people in investment banking, some people that have built and sold companies similar to myself, created a company several years ago that was a franchise or incubator. It was really taking a successful business that had not ventured into franchising and really helping guide them through the process of how to structure 
and build a successful franchise company. Now, there's a lot of people that do what I just said, but the big difference between franchise founders than others that I was most excited about is we make a capital investment into the franchise company for each of these new brands that are venturing into franchising. So not only are we providing support where we have in-house legal, we have in-house operations and training, we have in-house franchise sales, but we're actually writing a check with you where we're co-investing into the franchising of a new concept. And I shouldn't say new concept because these are established businesses that have successful models and units but they have not ventured into the franchising route. And so uh, I had the opportunity to really do my own due diligence. I met with the board and I felt that it was the ideal culture for me. You know, I love entrepreneurial companies. And so that's exactly what this is. You know, we haven't been around for years. We've made some investments in some brands, in fact, six to be specific. But I looked at the business model, which I thought was unique and different than what's out there. I looked at the entrepreneurial spirit of franchise founders, which is there. And then I looked at the people. And if I could have hand-selected an opportunity that would fit me where I want to be in my career, this is it. So what you're going to get to do is everything that you did at WingZone, which is have your hands very much on the clay. But you're going to be doing that across legions of brands, not just one at a time. That's right. Right now, we've made a financial investment and truly partnered with six brands that are new to franchising and will continue to look at others. I think what's important from our side is we want some of the criteria that we ultimately look at is a solid ownership and team, meaning the founders of these companies and how involved are they, how much do they know the business, some proven success, obviously profitable. But I think what's most important are these two categories. We are looking for a unique segment, something that is not overly saturated. And then we're looking for culture, people that we really can work with. Because the difference with franchise founders is we're not just doing a pay for performance, meaning we do A, B, and C, and you pay us for this. We're actually putting the money in with the founders or the owners to build a sustainable, strong franchise model. One additional piece I wanted to add, Stan, is that if Wingzone, as Adam and myself launched our franchise program in 2000, if we would have gotten involved with a company like franchise founders that would have helped guide us through some of the learning curve, some of the mistakes. I believe we would have ramped up our success and franchise growth at a much more rapid pace. But ultimately, it didn't exist back then. And so we had to kind of learn a lot of things along the way. And I just am genuinely passionate about the opportunity that not only I can serve as CEO, but the impact we're going to have with other young entrepreneurs, which truly is my life's passion. What about market segments, Matt? Are they diversified in the companies that they bring on board or are there specific market sets that you're interested in? You know, truthfully, I think that we're interested in food, but it's got to be unique food and very relevant to where we think the industry is going, which is low labor or limited labor, a technology, food to go, small footprint. But truthfully, we're looking at franchise brands that can provide a quality of life with a strong return on investment for our franchisees. And so one of the brands is Patriot Broadband, bringing internet service to rural America, really desolate areas where internet is not 
prevalent right now unless you have this expensive satellite dish on your roof. Other ones are Raziri Salons, Extension Envy, Bobby Shea's Famous Crab Cakes. So I think for us, it is a multitude of different brands. But I think for us, it's really about the quality of life for a franchisee, and it's a unique segment that is not overly crowded, which is hard to find. The truth is, is there's thousands of franchise brands out there, and some of them are at each other's throats trying to get market share, and we're trying to find those diamonds in the rough. Given that my audience is comprised largely of emerging franchisors, why don't you speak to engagement with a company that may be listening and what a founder or a CEO of an emerging franchisor's life might look like if he or she were to consider a relationship with franchise founders? Would they be giving up majority or minority interests in their business or is that negotiable? How would that look, Matt? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. So franchise founders does not take any ownership in the current business. So if you have six hair salons and you're a regional brand, you still own those six. What we do is we create a new company, call it Hair Salon Franchising LLC. And we start a new company where we both co-invest. It could be that we have 40% of the franchise company. It could be that we have 60%. It just depends on kind of where both sides want to live in it because we're co-investing into the launch of a franchise company and model. So that's a little bit about how it works. I think for us, if we have brands that are ultimately interested in venturing or pursuing this, we do a very detailed feasibility study. And some of these can be as much as 50 to 100 pages of really quality research that really understand the business, the market, competitors. Because I really believe that before you jump in, you've got to do a lot of research and education as far as the segment and is it a viable franchise model. What would your position be for companies that have already made the leap into franchising but are early stage, have begun franchising, and that franchise division of their business already exists, will they be disqualified or is there another arrangement that you all make with them? No, in fact, I think that that's an ideal type of partner for us. Someone that probably used a service that got them to a certain point, but they were no different than me at Wing Zone in 2000. You know, things were slid across the table and I was like, well, I don't even know what to do next. So the truth is, is that starting a franchise company is a marathon and not a sprint. I mean, if you have 10 franchise units out there, that are operating, you're still probably not a profitable company. You've got to have infrastructure. You've got to get to a certain scale before it makes sense. So there's a lot of young franchisors that have a great business model that have started franchising, but they just don't have the capital or infrastructure to really kind of make it a long-term success. So for us, it's anyone that's new to franchising, or the second part is someone that's considering franchising their model. And I think that we're going to be selective about who we ultimately work with. And for any of the listeners, I would highly encourage them that they need to be doing their due diligence and research as to someone that they would want to partner with. And if the culture's right and the people's right, and you really feel that this is going to be a successful long-term venture, then I think it could be a win-win across the board. If some of the listeners have successful business or are venturing into franchising, and let's say they've been doing it for a few years, I really believe that 
that the initial group of locations and who you're supporting are paramount to the future success. So I know it's hard for a lot of people to be able to say, well, I'm running this business and this business. I believe that you've got to focus on one of the two. If you want to grow your company-owned units to a certain level, great. If you want to pursue franchising, it's great. But most people don't have the capital or infrastructure to run two simultaneous companies. So it is about focus and clarity. And those are two words that I use all the time focus and clarity. And whatever that path may be, make sure that you and your team clearly know the path that you're going. What about some contact info, Matt? I'm certain you're going to be hearing from some people that are wanting to learn more. Absolutely. My email is matt at franchisefoundersgroup.com. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me on there and you can visit our website at franchisefoundersgroup.com. I don't officially take on the role until October 1st, but I'm getting my feet under me and I am loving it and I'm ready to put the work in to really make Franchise Founders a formidable, successful franchise incubator. Matt, this has truly been a pleasure. I can't wait to see the impact that you're going to make on Franchise Founders Group. And I'm quite certain that Zor Forum and the work that I'm doing, speaking to the same type of audiences, what you're aligned with here, we're going to find some pathways to each other to bring two Freedmans back together again. I don't think you could have said it any better. I think both Stan and myself are incredibly passionate about sharing our successes, a lot of our challenges, and really helping a lot of new people in the franchise industry get involved in a phenomenal industry that puts a lot of people into business. And you could not have asked for a better host. And Stan is a wealth of knowledge, and he has helped me immensely in my career. So I want to say thank you, Stan. Well, thank you, Matt. It's been fun being a part of it. The day that you and Phil Friedman both came up to me at a franchise update conference is indelibly stamped in my memory. In fact, I saw that picture in my catalog of digital photos not that long ago. I'll fire a copy of it off to you. It's a great memory. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners as well. Matt Friedman, CEO of Franchise Founders Group. Thanks for being with us here today. In the next couple of weeks, Inspire Brands' Joe Seavey makes his way here, as does Jody Boyce, Chief Marketing Officer for the wildly popular and successful Teriyaki Madness. Until next week, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.